Everybody, what the freak is up, boys and goys? I am your new year, new me, Professor Ricky. <laughs> Rhyming out here, Bars. okay? He's Dirty. a rapper, I guess. I've I'm, lost this rap battle already. <laughs> I didn't even say it, but I was gonna outset. bring it up. I was gonna bring it up, but, but I'm not a rapper. But I'm not a rapper. Of no, course. Uh, what's up, folks? I am your other prof, Eth. Yeah, man. I am uh, really happy of the stuff we. Before we were hit record on this one, we were talking about the lineup for the early part of the year. Oh, you guys, you have no idea what's coming. Yeah, we got some uh, pretty baller guests on the way. Yep. Ethan has been casting the widest of nets, and it's worked. To other continents. Yeah, other continents. And we'll have an international guest list coming for you guys in the coming months. Yeah. I'm really hyped for that Look out shit. for the king of Denmark. <laughs> I, I want to bring this up to you. You gotta refrain from accents with those. I think I'm gonna specifically ask them if it's okay if I accidentally slip into their accent or okay. have them rate and critique my now, accent. Now that one I would actually like a lot. See, you know what I mean? So let, we can finally get once and for all if the accent <laughs> is bullshit or not. Right, right, Ma- right. Maybe it's got merit. Maybe you actually have the chops. There's nuances. There's acoustic little uh, uh, reverberances that they catch on like, okay, that's pretty good. I really think it all comes down to like vocal cues and stuff. Like there's occasionally in different countries, like some specific sentences or phrases they say over and over again. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And And I think that the key is to really just really hone in on those (laughs) because uh, then the rest is kind of all up to, uh, you know, whateverness but we need that authority here we do on on air and we definitely will by no you know it won't be smooth transition it'll be like in the middle of a sentence like hey hold on a second we want something to help you with real quick can you uh can you rate my boy's (laughs) accent real quick if you've listened to the podcast in the past you know he has a little bit of uh i don't know a sickness with these yeah i'm definitely down with the sickness (laughs) so to speak i think um no, it's gonna be good. Uh, either I'm gonna do well enough to where they're like, "Eh, not too, not too shabby, right?" Or it's <laughs> or, gonna be bad, and they'll just be like, "Hey, stop doing that." Well, they just be like, "Okay, not well, stop doing I'll work it. on it." Yeah, workshop it. I think it's okay. Worth- I'll do it more in yeah. the episodes. That means you you need practice. Which now I'm realizing as I'm saying this out loud, this could be the worst thing. Ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is an absolute death sentence for your ears. <laughs> I don't know why I brought it up. I don't know why I brought it up. Death sentence for your ears. For I just sure. figured it was gonna happen naturally yeah with an australian guest so yeah well you know but in any case look forward to a mean guest list in 2021 and i'm really high for it i'm high fee af but ethan what are we talking about today so today we are talking about a i would say a classic within the anime community um the whole death parade oh my gosh a 2015 madhouse anime so you know visually quality to the nines like you're getting something real good and the way i want to describe this from the outset is i'm going to call it a fan favorite sleeper because you don't hear in the wider circles of the varying anime uh, advocate fandoms be it casuals to heart not necessarily hard veterans because there is a cutoff where it becomes a classic right for those that are you know more than knee deep in the anime space right but beyond that for the new folk this is completely unheard of for a lot of people um being only now five years and change old i'm a little shocked at after watching it again that it isn't more celebrated yeah, I think so. First of all, every anime podcast, I think this is a staple within the community of like a show you should mention or talk about at least once. Exactly. Um, what I think the issue is with becoming like a mainstream uh, like talking point or success is the conversations that are had about this show are deep and not a lot of people enjoy talking about that kind of stuff all the time. Or, you know, maybe they're 
they're not sure of their own beliefs and stuff like that, right? And so yeah. it can bring up a lot of like really uncomfortable conversations, I think, especially if you're trying to keep it light or whatever on the mic, right? And so I think, you know, this sh- this show takes like a certain level of uh, self-awareness, but also just a certain level of like, yeah, I'm okay with talking about s- concepts that are that deep. It's a comfortability thing because this is not one of those shows you can, you know, it's not a popcorn anime. It's not only tw- It's only 12 episodes. And one action scene in the whole thing, basically. Right. The, there's only one quote unquote fight, right? And it's maybe 30 seconds of airtime. Yeah. But that doesn't make this anime any less engaging. I was, uh, I would say the first time I watched it, I don't think I gave it the credence it was worth. I think now us doing this coming on two years and just getting older and kind of in the anime space deeper and deeper, I had a much different experience the second go around and really saw where it shined and why it gets all of this hype in the real veteran space. But we want to kind of bring it to everybody. Cause I think if you are willing to dive into deep ideas and kind of apply your brain to the shows that you watch, not, and there's nothing wrong with not doing that. You want to watch a show in a fight fight show. You want to watch God of high school, get after it, go, go ahead. But this is the one that makes you think. And this one might get right. a little, little he- Heavy, not in an emotional way, but definitely in a... In a uh, I think it can be, right? I think yeah, I there's mean, a lot of situations with throughout the, the show um, in which I could see people having dealt with something similar in their lives and be, you know, instantly kind of, I don't know if triggered is the right word, but um, that have could those be emotions, right. you know, kind of dredged up. And I think, yeah. uh, you know, occasionally it's it's important as you know a human being in general to be able to feel like those kinds of things right and i think this show does a great job of explaining the importance of empathy yes this show's entire overtone is the importance of empathetic connection between individuals the way they frame it i think is absolutely brilliant like the setting they give that theme is just great and the characters that are working within it are able to have those conversations and we'll get into why they're so important and why the way they were structured is so pivotal to why this show is considered more than great. It's a classic. And uh, I want to say that, I mean, mechanically just the show's plot beats allude itself to extreme situations. Like that is kind of what they're bringing to the forefront. It's kind of the point, right? It's literally (laughs) kind of the entire point. So I guess we're at the point, let's give it a little bit of a 10,000 foot. I mean, and we had both rewatched it very recently, so it's very fresh in our minds. But it is a show set in kind of a... Uh, Limbo-esque environment. Yeah, yeah, like a, a purgatory-esque. You right. know, it's, it's a place of judgment for those who have died. And that is a very pivotal point. And the place that we are set Seems, though, that there are many other levels to this quote-unquote tower, but we are in Quindecum, which is, funny enough, the 15th floor of this tower. So Quindecum 15, (laughs) ha ha ha, I like the wordplay. But people come in on elevators, they walk in, they see a very kind, dimly lit bar with our fellow uh, main protagonist guy, Decum, and he proposes them. Initial question, do you know, do you remember how you got here? And they're all like, uh, no, actually, that was super weird. I was on, on my way to 7-Eleven, and now I'm in an elevator. What the fuck yeah. just happened to me? And then they're like, that's good. Okay, we're going to play a game. And now, pause. The first episode, rewatching it, I thought, I because I totally blanked on a lot of this, but I remember the major stuff. I thought it was going to go into like a Saw level shit. Like, I want to play a, I want to play a game. To play a game? I want to play a game. And I was like, oh, wait, did I totally forget what this show is? Because he said it pretty menacingly. <laughs> you have to find the key in 15 seconds or else it's in that girl's store. stomach and you have to go get it. Oh, yeah. um, but it, what it is, is it's a uh, it's kind of a parlor. It's a game parlor that is set up to create extreme situations to allow for the true self to be manifested by merit of being uh, tensioned, kind of ratcheted against these rules that are set up, made to seem like life and death. They don't know that they have died. They're not reve- right. That's not revealed to them until the game is complete and the Arbiter, which is the uh, kind of the manager of each level, gives their 
uh, has everything they need to give their final judgment. And they're like, oh, by the way, you're dead. Sorry about you. I'm judging you right now. Or at least I just did. <laughs> Sorry. Um, right. I, so they put them in these really tough situations to pull out their darkness is what they keep mentioning. Right. And to the arbiter basically says, once I've pulled out all of your darkness, I can then judge you essentially. Right. Um, and then, you know, so basically they set it up as if you lose this game, you die. Yeah. So that they're basically forcing them to play a game that will allow them to draw out these dark emotions. Um, because they kept saying if they knew they were dead, they wouldn't play the game. Of course. And they being told this is a life and death situation for you when, you know, it's something that a character Nona says, we'll get into her, but Nona says that the most primal human emotion is fear. So when put in a situation where they are convinced it's a life and death situation, the real self comes out and they can see, and there's many situations throughout the, throughout the show where it wasn't until they said, okay, it's life or death now that some characters go pivotal. Like they just night, night and day. Right. And that to me is the first real look into what the show is. It's, it's looking at the extremes of humanity. And I can understand why for, if I were to suggest this show to some people, I would refrain from some people being told you should watch the show. It's not for everybody. I'm not really sure if it is, if it is something that I could recommend as a, not even a starter, just something that you're getting an anime. There's a threshold there, I think. Yeah, I think if, you know, the person that you're suggesting shows to is like a philosophical individual mm-hmm. in general, I think that they will definitely um, get something out of the show. And I think maybe if they're like one of those empathetic type people that are just a very empathetic. Yeah, your brain must have this many also... wrinkles. Your brain must have this many wrinkles to watch this show. Right. Like if yeah. it's not 10,000 wrinkles like GTFO. Yeah, it's not for you. And it's and that's the thing. I don't know. I would like to know the review. You're a dumb. You're you're a dumb. (laughs) You're absolutely a dumb. You're richless. I'm sorry. I don't know how else to tell you this. You've been judged. But I I would like to hear the review of somebody who watched the show and couldn't take anything away from it. Right. I felt like it was impossible not to take something away. Um, maybe just like I said, if you have zero self awareness or if. You know, maybe it isn't even that it's this if that's not what you're looking for. Right. In a show, if you aren't looking to think deep and you just want something to, you know, badass fight scenes or just like nice harems or like a nice slice of life. This this may not be this is one of those shows that's like it's not in the starter kit. It just isn't. Well, yeah. But what I mean by self-awareness is if you can't take anything away from it and you kind of look with a introspective eye at. Yeah. You know, maybe how you judge people or yada, yada, yada. Um, like, I think you have zero self-awareness if you can't find any pieces of the show that don't, you know, speak to you in some regard. Right. And it wasn't subtle. They didn't have the time to be subtle. It's 12 episodes. Yeah. And I want to talk maybe a little bit about why that's a good and a bad thing, about why it's a classic. But I really enjoyed Deckham's journey because the arbiters in this show are not actually human. They are prescribed a certain number of rules by, was it God? Quote unquote God. There's a couple mentions of God in this show, but he's just like gone, I guess. This show doesn't give you a lot in terms of the entire lore. It gives you almost nothing. Right. And you're kind of left to your own devices, but it didn't feel unintentional. It didn't feel like a slip up. They showed you what they wanted to show you. Yeah, I think it it kind of reminded me of a situation where, like, say, like, um, there's some Western media, I think, where God dies and then it's angels trying to figure out kind of where the hell he went. Like, no, like how to deal with humanity. Right. Think like Good Omen or something, maybe. Okay. I don't know. Some shows. Um, But anyway, I I kind of feel like it's similar in that regard because the Oculus guy says, well, I'm the closest left to God, essentially. Yeah, I'm the closest one we have left. Right. And so he also took like a very laissez-faire attitude toward, you know, the judgment of humanity as well. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, that just kind of like I think people in general 
like as humanity have always looked for reasons why things happen, right? Of course. And then also, you know, when bad things happen to people, they look toward, you know, God, the gods, whatever they believe in and say like, you know, how could you let this happen? Right. And they view God as this sort of passive observer on life. Yeah, and it's it's funny this this show kind of painted a organization almost of a passive group of individuals that are receiving the dead, right? They aren't actively causing any of these things. They're like, you know, it's kind of like you said, humanity asked the gods and the powers that be, why did you let this happen? But this show paints, we don't care how or why it happened. We just care what happens next. And that was a very interesting thing for me because they're like almost as if they're trapped in their duty. They have to do this, right? Well, there was like three rules. Yeah. You know, they can't experience death because they'll be too close to humans. Mm-hmm. Um, they have no emotions because they're dolls. Yes. And then they can't not pass judgments. Yeah, they have to judge. So that, la- that second one, the fact that they can't feel emotion because they're dummies is really the heart of the arbiter's fate, right? They are not humans. They cannot die, but they're also not living. You know, they are built solely to judge. And you're kind of left to your own devices about who in- created this system. But I think that adds a bit to the mysticism of this show. That if Oculus, the guy closest to God, by his own admission, said he too is a dummy and prescribes to these rules, then there must be something, like he alluded to God, a higher being that set this whole thing up and then is just gone. So there's a weird mysticism to this show that I really enjoyed that they are left, they are higher beings, but they're kind of also trapped and bound by their own duty. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And I think that's the, you know, the heel that Miss Chiyuki provided to the show is like that human perspective. Mm -hmm. But I think this is a show where it's great ending at 12 episodes, but it absolutely could have been continued. And I think we could have seen more of like what this world looks like. Yeah. And sort of like a, like a, a jaunt into this ethereal world where there's like God and he just left and you know, all this stuff, right? Like how did this get set up? Why is it set up? And you know, stuff like that. And then there was this interesting thing where they were mixing Japanese um, religion with Buddhist religion. Interesting. Because they had the Oni mask for the void, and then yeah. they had um, some other mask that was Buddhist for reincarnation. Yes. And they, that idea of melding mythologies we've had in the past, but this one of its melding felt very subtle. You know, if you're looking for it, you see it. And I think it being ambiguous in the mythology that you follow can allow for a melding of ideas because someone from maybe a Buddhist background or a Chinese background could look at some of this and relate to pieces of it. And then maybe a Japanese, like a Shinto mythology, uh, someone who grew up in that space would look at other pieces and relate to that. But that ambiguity allowed for, it's not trying to make a statement on this is the, this is the organization. This is the one we're trying to tell. This is just a peer into, and I think that's what the 12 episode thing really did service for this show you got a glimpse you got pieces but i wanted to ask you although you felt like it could have gone on past 12 did you feel satisfied after 12 and that peek into this window yeah i think there's a lot of stuff they did well i think in as much as that you can end the show in 12 episodes and get out like enough content yeah i think they did as as well as they can do Mm-hmm. There's obviously things throughout the show I wasn't a fan of that I felt like, you know, they kind of, they draw this big picture on the board and they don't like finish the picture in a lot of cases. Yeah, I felt satisfied. I felt satisfied because it, from the outset, I knew I wasn't going to get everything. I think that might be why, <laughs> why part, uh, I guess some anime kind of fall into the classics category is a timing thing. I think the fact that this is a 12 episode show. And it was never meant to be anything more. They had a very focused like, story to tell. It was really the story of Deckham, if you want to get after it. And you know, we had history before him. 
They alluded that he is still in operation after this show, but this is his pivotal moment. So if you want to look at it from a through line, it really is Deckham and Chiyuki, Chiyuki's entrance into Deckham's world, and that's his pivotal moment as an arbiter. Um, I, I was very satisfied. I think I didn't think I was going to be because I want. I thought I was going to want more, but it it hit a really nice pace and stop for me. And I'm like, okay, I know there's more. There's probably more I could learn, but I'm okay with it, which is weird. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I think it was absolutely serviceable for an entire 12, 12 episode season, right? To be like, sort of, this is a standalone thing. It's sort of like Cowboy Bebop. You could absolutely go back and in, enjoy that universe, but mm-hmm. it ended enough to where everyone seems to be relatively okay with the way that it ended. Right. You know what I mean? So, uh-huh. um, I think there's actually a lot of you know parallels between the two shows that I think you can draw. Interesting. I mean, it's short. There's so mm-hmm. much more that they didn't answer, but they've done enough to where it's just like, okay, everyone's happy enough with it the way it is. I think the aesthetic was similar. I think that's fair. Some of the music was similar. Like I mm. think they did a lot of things very similarly to the two. It's just, and they were both instru- uh, inspections of like humanity, but in different, oh, yeah. obviously vastly different times and you know locations and stuff like that. Right. Right. And I, I think that is to me more definitely subjective in how I see what makes a classic in anime is make a world feel alive by giving it history you don't show, but alluding that it will go on after I'm leaving it, right? I want a window in a world that feels alive. In a world. In a world that feels alive. Um, But (laughs) Oh my God, he's having a stroke. uh, Oh my God, I smell almonds. (laughs) Uh, But there there are shows, because we've been watching, you know, stuff like Black Clover lately, and we always talk about when they die, when you commit to a long-form show like that, you're committing to showing me every facet of the world. That's a different thing. Classics can be made by fleshing out the world to the nth degree. But shows like maybe Made in Abyss is something I would make akin to this in terms of world building. They gave me a slice. And I know, like, just when I look at it, I know that the I feel that the world existed before I did this ethereal, you know, Quindecum or whatever this ethereal uh, limbo is existed long before I showed up and will exist long after I leave. And I got that vibe from the way they told this story. Um, but I guess we brought up Chiyuku a lot, and I think she's pretty pivotal to this. She is a unique case. We talked about how they don't know that they've died, that they show up to be judged. However, we're, uh, we're hopping into spoiler land here. We are so, hopping into spoiler land. I mean, this is a relatively old show. Um, so I definitely think you guys should go check it out. <laughs> okay. But I, I would say this is, this is like episode two stuff. I would say, cause she shows up like yeah. any other, like any other human that would show up at, at this level. And unlike any, anyone else, she was asked and she says, I was, I thought I was supposed to be dead, Yeah, but I don't know how I died. So she has a click more awareness than everyone else does. And that uniqueness Never really explained why she had that. She's just an anomaly that just happened to show up, right? Yeah, I think there there's this interesting kind of backbone to this world where there's the information bureau that has to put together all their memories to show the arbiters a glimpse into their souls. That's a pretty good manifestation of that, I would say. And cool. there was this this interesting s- scenario near the end where they go and look for her memories, mm-hmm. and it's just like piles of memories everywhere. Right. And they're like, "Wow, this is a big bag." And she's like, uh, "The information bureau is like, no, it's actually pretty small for like considering how short her life was." Right. And I think I don't know. They obviously didn't explain much about why, you know, why um. She had that situation where she could remember that she had died, and but I, okay. I don't think that it was it was completely unimportant to the plot the The point was, okay, we've added a human element to this judgment process right I mean that that's that's what that alluded to. The catalyst was the fact that she was an anomaly, Noma, which seems to be kind of deckham's i don't know superior manager said 
all right, she gets to say, but she has to assist you in judging. Okay, interesting. We know that they are dummies. They don't feel anything, but you now have a human in play when they're out and about doing their judgments. And you start to see their interactions as the judgment goes on. You really start to get that conversation of why are you doing this? Right. Why are you doing this kind of bait and switch where you're trying to make them at their darkest, right? Yeah. And I really enjoyed, because that conversation wasn't verbal until way later in the season. Like, basically, the last two episodes, they start talking about that. Right. But us as humans, we kind of saw the writing on the wall, right? We saw that it's an obvious, more of an obvious thing for us. Well, I think one really interesting part about the show is, at least for me, in, in the first half of the show, when they were looking at their memories, until I knew there was somebody piecing together, like, some some basically CD to give to Deckham or whoever, it's like a I thought USB. they were getting to see all of it. Ah. But they're only getting to see what's chosen to be seen. And yeah. so um, that's where, you know, there, there's this, this new concept in the middle of the show where it's like, okay, you're judging people based off of, like, only the bad shit they've done. Yeah. And so it starts to, to get to this scenario where it's a very like cynical look at judgment and like humanity where, you know, you're judged only by all the bad things that you've ever done and none of the good deeds or none of the intentions behind what you did or, you know, the psychological aspects. And so that's what is really great about this show is they delve into each one of those pieces throughout the different, um, what do they call it? Game players or whatever that show up. Uh, game player yeah, players, yeah, players. Yeah. They're just considered players. And, we and it's funny because I it's you don't start as a viewer seeing that something is awry until they know that okay the audience knows what's up let's tell them that they're only getting the bad shit because you can kind of see that at first my opinion was God these people suck everyone everyone that comes here seems to suck they're all pretty shitty some get reincarnated some some get the uh kind of get shafted either they are the shafter or the shafty. In any case, it paints a really bleak world view, right, of the human world. I mean, there really wasn't too many people there that I don't think are realistic looks at humanity. Right. And they weren't that bad of people, to be honest, to be sent into the void. Yeah. I think from our religious background, me and you, like yeah. the void sounds like the worst possible fucking outcome. Pretty shitty, frankly. Um, yeah. And, you know, I'll get... I'll br- I'll bring that back up later, but w- what's interesting to me is a lot of the early the early um players like selfishness was like the depth of what they did bad or you know like there was so, so many like very light crimes to be honest mm-hmm. to where you know maybe there was a bad outcome from what happened, but that wasn't the intention like the fir- the very first episode is a guy and his new um wife they're on a honeymoon they die yeah he was jealous she did actually do something bad yeah and then he basically accidentally killed them both okay uh was it an accident was it a uh, complete accident yes I thought it was kind he was of grabbing a- for a phone and fell oh okay i thought it was the the car thing that was a different he one. grabbed for her phone oh okay and slammed into a wall gotcha that's it okay and so the question is right do either of them really deserve the void? <laughs> I, I guess that's, uh, that's, and that's what the show's talking about. It's up to those who are in the position to judge, right? And the but, f- but they're judging without any human emotion at all. There it is. That these, Not understanding how life, what life does to you. Right. And it, it, that brings up, I think, a, one of the few, not few, just the major pivotal debates that the show is proposing not necessarily giving a flat answer, but it's left up to you to kind of talk about, is neutrality in judgment important? Is that, you know, should justice be truly blind? Because that is what an arbiter in this show is kind of is. They are blind to all of the meddlings and everything of humanity, the motions, the intention, everything. They look at that thing, but there are two pieces to that that are what we, one is we already brought up. They are fed only what the information bureau is giving them they don't give them the whole shtick they only give them what they feel 
is the bare bones necessity to judge them for their major, major negativity, right? Which is the discussion all in and of itself. But the other side is really, if you're truly neutral, then can you aren't, I don't know, like it, the neutrality here isn't just like it's a, it's a human being neutral. They're ignorant. They're truly ignorant to what it feels like to feel re- wanting revenge or self-serving or, uh, you know, the, the fear, sadness, loneliness. They don't have those things. The neutrality goes a step deeper than just justice is blind. Right. Right. It's and that is a question that the show leaves. I think it's chilling in a lot of ways, right? Like, imagine if that's literally how we're going to be judged when we're done. Like, only the bad shit we've ever done. Right. And then, you know, <laughs> like, for instance, that first first group that we talked about, like, they said, oh, you just can't trust people, so you get to go to reincarnation. But he killed two people, right. including himself. You know, unintentionally, but he did. Uh-huh. And then they sent his his wife to the abyss, to the void. Right. For lying once and adultering once. And that's the thing, right? Is that when you're looking at such a small peak into a life and that's all you're given. Again, arbiter rule number one, you have to judge. You're an arbiter. You have no choice. You can't not do this. You have to pass a judgment. So why not reincarnate everybody? And that's the thing, right? That's, this is like, I think the the downside of the show and, and really one of its weak points is they don't focus a lot on the judgments after having spent this entire time delving into these people's souls. We only really see three or four judgments, and the only way you know for sure which way they go is based on the sign above uh, the mask above the elevator. Right. Uh, and, and it's just like, it's. I think in a lot of cases, cheapens the struggle that we see on screen to not get a, fi- fina- a final, like, this is what the author believes happens here, right? And I know that's not really the the point of the show, but I really want to know, like, like if if they're trying to be so deep in this show, right? They're trying to really like bring things up to you, and then they don't give you like something to debate at the end, right? Like, oh, I don't think he should have been in the void. I think it, like, honestly, could have helped their show t- be talked about more. If there's like, say, a long debate on Reddit or something about why this person should have gone to the abyss and not, like so I, they have I, like a, they have like a round table post mortem after a certain judgment to like talk about was this the right pick? Let's let's actually talk about this in the show. No, I think we as we as people, okay, as viewers would do that had okay. we known all of the actual verdicts. Right. We only know three or four, and there's like eight to ten people that we see. Mm-hmm. It could have been more interesting, I think, and more, um, more. What is it called when you involve like your your uh, audience? Um, communicate. I don't know. Like it, it's just in engaging more, more engaging yeah. and active, right? For yeah. the audience, if if there's like something to debate at the end, because I think we can all debate. Like, well, this is a stupid way of judging people, right? We can, but I will counterpoint that I think. As I watched it, the author did, in fact, make his, I guess, or her, but his stance on his perspective on judgment made very known through the character of Nona. Nona, we, I looked at the time because we're kind of getting into even more spoiler territory, but we're past the halfway mark or whatever. But Nona had, I guess, a wild hair up her ass one day. She's been doing this for over 85 years, and she decided as an experiment to make a puppet, a, uh, a dummy with the capacity to feel human emotion. That is what Deckham actually is, is her boy, as some of her friends around the tea table would call him like, oh, how's your boy doing? How's he doing? Um, she made him not already equipped with human emotion, but with the capacity at some point to feel it. And that, I think, is what Chiruki, her inclusion was so pivotal for him and why I think this is a story about him. And the author's stance was made known by Nona's creation of Deckham in that in one of the latter episodes, one of the quotes was, 
in exchange between Oculus and Nona was like, why would you have a dummy pointlessly suffer while passing judgment by feeling the same emotions because they're given the memories, feel the same emotions as those they are judging? And her response and Deckham's final res- like realization is you can't actually properly judge without taking on that suffering. You wouldn't be able to do it right until you experience the sadness of why someone killed somebody or the anger. And then that emotion needs to be tied into the concept of judgment because there is a concept in psychology, right? That people often judge themselves by their intentions, but others by the actions they see. That's really is something that's kind of base level. And if we were to try to assume or give benefit of the doubt of the attention of the other person, empathy is formed. And I think that's what the author's final stance here is on judgment. He made it known, but not exactly super outright is my take. I agree, like as it's happening, but not showing us the end end location of how Dechim or whatever Deckham Deckham or whatever uh judges is detrimental to that, right? Like uh, knowing how he's making decisions throughout would help, right? So like for instance, there's the two two murderers. Yeah. Didn't say where they went. You're right. That's very interesting. Was that the detective and the boy? Yeah. I actually loved that judgment because Tatsumi, I think, is the detective's name. He, to me, was a very interesting character. A man who thought himself an arbiter all the same. Right. And it's because his wife was killed and he went on this vigilante spree to go ahead and... I'm Tatsumi. Yeah. Tatsumi man. I'm Batman. Where is she? Where is she? Where is she? <laughs> he saw himself that way, genuinely. And it was, it was very fascinating because he took it upon himself to pass judgment, but he had to see that negativity firsthand. So part of me thinks he gave up a good bit of his humanity just to be able to watch the same way that these arbiters get the memories in their head. He sees it happen firsthand. That takes a little bit of a humanitarian void in yourself to well, be able to watch that shit. I mean, there's the concept of like once you kill, you lose a lot of humanity, mm-hmm. right? And so after he killed the guy that killed his wife, he you saw him kind of collapse and just like start smiling, right? Yeah. And so, I mean, there, there's just like this separation from, you know, the correct path, if you want to say it, that happens when you like intentionally go out to kill somebody right and that's so he definitely lost part of his humanity and then he's able to watch these horrific crimes happening in front of him even though he could stop them because he's lost that but he doesn't view himself as having lost that right so he lets them do their thing so that he knows that they did a bad thing right yeah And, and that was kind of an interesting look because he was trying not to judge people based off of like their rap sheet but he also was letting them do crimes in front of him to like know for sure that they're good to kill it was the weirdest shit it was like a a a worse version of dexter yeah kind yeah kind of and i guess that he alone posed the other two questions i think this show tries to pose is what does it cost to be an agent of judgment right because arbiters never had humanity in the first place and it looked as though he stripped away part of his to enter that realm to be a proper arbiter, right? He, after that first kill, he snapped or whatever you want to call it because he, he quoted that he heard his wife's voice of gratitude, which I think he snapped, but he definitely... Which there's absolutely no shot that <laughs> happened. No he, shot at all. Right, and he definitely gave up a part of himself willingly in his own mind to because he did that the benefit is now he is an outsider looking in and i think that's why he's so comfortable with looking at these crimes that are the committed firsthand now i can go judge but the other one really is the position of judgment someone who is able to judge a divine space is that a divine position he saw himself as above a little bit and I found that the way he said all those things was very interesting, right? 
is it a, is it a merit of divinity? Is it a merit of rising above the scum of humanity, right? Because that's kind of the way it was portrayed to all the Arbiters and from Oculus's perspective that humans are kind of scummy and they're all dark, right? I mean, that right? That's the question. Yeah. You know, say you believe in the afterlife, okay, is, is whatever's judging you capable of judging you without having walked a mile in your shoes in, in some regard. But I think Tatsumi is definitely the most interesting character in the entire show because... He he lived his life on the straight and narrow, trying his best to stop all these horrific crimes, but it was eating away at his humanity the whole time, right? Mm-hmm. And he said, I always looked outward and never, like, inward at, like, my family about my, like, you know, his nucleus, essentially. Exactly, right. And so he, his wife got killed un- underneath him, essentially, right under his, like, toes. Yeah, right. And so he decides, you know, okay, I'm going to look outwardly very freaking hard, right? <laughs> yeah. And and sort of, I don't know, it was just such an interesting story. And, like, you could, you can see, like, in other traditional media, that story of the, you know, the father whose daughter gets killed and he goes on a fucking rampage, or that detective whose wife gets killed goes it's on a Leon rampage. It's the Liam Neeson special. It's I mean, the Liam Neeson special. Right? right. I think yeah. it's, uh, what is it? There's that, that movie with... Uh, Shit, I mean, Taken. It's literally that. Taken, but... Yeah. Uh, the guy from Die Hard, Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis, yeah. Uh, it was like semi-recent. Looper? No, no. What? Well, well, he basically it's goes a cop on a- or or dad whose wife and kid get killed. The police don't help him, so he just turns into this insane vigilante. Death Wish. Okay, such a good. Movie. I don't think I've ever seen it. I might it's an old movie, it. and then he did a re- revamp of it. That's rad. Okay, but yeah, so that really is it. Is those motives are lost on the individuals like Tatsumi and Dekum, more so Dekum, but, you know, they just see act committed, retribution given. Boom, 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 boom. That's it. That's all there is. Um, well, and then the exact foil to Tatsumi was Sh- Shimura. Shimura, the, the kid's the, name The was. kid, right, yeah. And his story was so tragic. It really was. And, I mean, he... He fought tooth and nail for his sister's well-being, and he worked right out of high school, and she was assaulted, and, you know, his entire life has been about her to protect and provide, and when that was infringed upon completely, he felt like, this is my duty. I have to go do this. Um, and Well, that's where it was interesting, is they were yeah. mirrors of each other, right? They both did their duty their whole life. They tried their best, and yet bad stuff still happened to the ones they care about the most and they couldn't have come out differently right well they they can't cope with that right and that's what breaks down both of their humanities one seems to be sort of a momentary i'm gonna do what i have to do and then i'm gonna return to life and then the other one is like screw it let's i'm just here go now in. i'm here now right so it, that's the threshold the, re- the reaction of the threshold because at that point he had already both of them already killed somebody and oh and it was oh so sweet it was sweet to one and the other <laughs> one was just like finally got him and it's like there's one more and it's like oh shit i gotta go do this again um but did you get surprised when like he was the guy that was watching a little bit yeah but then but that's that surprised when, the shit out of me and i was like okay so then actually this guy got both of them for real yeah he did and like honestly i feel good for him like he did what he had to do and i think that's what tatsumi was trying to that exchange between the two of them when he was strung up and the game that they had just played was like air hockey but it had pieces of their body like organs eye brain and if you got one in the opponent would feel the pain in that spot so Basically, Deckham said, "You want? Do you want to cause them pain? Do you want to do this? Literally, their entire job is to put them in extreme conditions and pull out darkness. So they literally stacked up all the air hockey pucks and gave him a knife, and said, if you stab through all this, it's like you can cause him excruciating, unbearable pain because he's already dead. What are you gonna do?' Um, but Tatsumi, that's what shocked me the most. It's like fucking do it, do it. You are. I want you to be me." Because it'll justify the way I live, the well, way I, I saw it. It's definitely that, but I think it's a little bit of the self-loathing loathing of not being able to stop something so close to home. Yeah. That, that's kind of like, th- there's always these like extra pieces 
where you have to think a little bit deeper about the situation to Mm -hmm. understand why they've done what they've done. Right. And like for him to fully flip like that and just be an absolute crazy vigilante dude. Yeah. He's also okay with watching crime happen. Like he, he was like severely damaged, deranged. Like he was unhinged. Yeah. And it's clear he was looking for judgment. Like, you know, when he was acting like a complete psycho and he's like, well, at least you got me, right? Like, you finished your revenge. Like, because that he was just absolutely screaming for help. Of course. And that, and you, what you said, I think was correct because, because the catalyst for the way he lived his life from his wife's death up to that point was, in fact, his wife's death. It's as you said, he couldn't reconcile that he couldn't protect that because he was very much whether it's work or trying to enact his own brand of straight and narrow justice, but that life is fragile. Y'all go hug your family. <laughs> go hug your family. <sighs> call your dads, call your moms, call your grandmas, I guess. I don't know. Your family in Just general, whatever you got, call your dog, please do it. Call your dog. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it really is. I found well, why my... does your dog have an iPhone 10? <laughs> He's still rocking the iPhone 9 Pro. What a loser. What a weenie. Why is your dog such a loser? I don't know, man. He doesn't, I don't know, make money or anything. Weird. I know. But honestly, like that moment between Tatsumi and Shimura, when he was saying, do it, do it. The only thing you can do in these situations is kill the other person, is basically not just a cry for help, but a cry for justification. That he chose a certain way of life to try to maybe it was a control thing but he felt i'm assuming he couldn't protect his wife but he's going to enact justice everywhere else he can in his own brand of way and once faced with death staring at the guy who killed him essentially is saying to do it because if he were to get this kid to do it it would justify the way he lived because that would mean truth if a kid like this could see the, see things the way he did. And I think there was a very powerful juxtaposition between when Tatsumi smiled and Shimura smiled at the end when crushing all of the, the pucks. The way he smiled, I was just like, that's a fucking callback. He did it. Tatsumi got someone to believe the way he did. And in my mind, to him, he felt justified in the way he reacted to the injustice of of i guess human life i don't know i don't know like i said that one's a murky one from the rip i don't i don't understand you know from my position how you can be okay with watching people get you know molested in front of you and just wait to kill them it's very much means to an end mentality like they, they will get their justice and he even said it your sister's alive right but during the crime yeah right you know and then he says, well, you know, if I had stopped that one, there would have been another one afterwards and I wouldn't have been able to kill him. And I'm like, what do you mean? You saw him doing it. Right. Because he didn't finish the crime doesn't mean he's not doing the crime. Exactly. That's and that and that. But that's, I guess, from a perspective of well-formed wrinkle brains, right? Is that we see that and we're like, no, justice isn't that they get their comeuppance once they have something unjust that they have done. It is to at least in my opinion to be enacted in the moment you see injustice occurring like it's not i don't know if he felt like it was an eye for an eye mentality like you assaulted them now i gotta assault the shit out of you or worse but i don't know it i I can't really wrap my brain around the psychology of someone who can watch that and think oh i'm gonna get justice this is justice but to have justice there must be injustice you know yeah, it was just a really tough one, I think, to wrap your head around, you know, completely. Um, and that was the point, I'm sure. Of course. The yeah. two that I liked the best were probably the bowling episode. Yeah. And then the one with... But that was just touching. That was just really kind. It was. Yeah. But I also found it odd that the people that were there because they got killed had no additional, like, benefit. Right? Like... The the cross heart attack guy, he literally got bombed. Right. Yeah. And it's like he was a womanizer, but he didn't cause her to go kill herself. You know what I mean? And so, like, very aggressive approach to like 
give him his comeuppance. You deserve to die because my sister killed herself. That was a little bit aggressive for me. Yeah, I can I could see that. And then also not giving like a judgment to those two was was also confusing. That okay, thank you. Why were they still chilling at the bar? Just cause. So then again, the one girl literally did nothing wrong. Yeah, no, she literally slipped and hit her head on the shower. Yeah, like, what the fuck? Right. <laughs> Just reincarnate her already, you idiot. Well, that was the thing. I uh, There may be a higher knowledge, kind of like a big brain 5D chess play these Arbiters are going through. What's the uh, red hair guy's name? You told Jinta. me. Jinta. Basically, did he keep him around knowing that she would sacrifice herself to the void? I don't know. Like, I don't know if, because there's some very weird, like, timing things that the arbiters do sometimes to let them wait around a little bit and have that date or wait around a little bit and knowing that there might be a proposal later where that chick would then have to choose another soul or him i wonder if that's part of their brand of judgment because they all seem to have some agency in that right yeah i mean definitely that's what i mean like i think this is a show where if they gave us a little bit more information we would be super into that yeah where like what is the point of this and this guy you know he's looking at Deckham all all mad because he didn't instantly judge uh chiyuki and then he falls into the same situation Thank where you. he can't also judge her that's the thing or judge these two uh-huh and and that was a very interesting kind of situation for them to be in like she's willing to kill herself for him because she didn't want to pee in front of him <laughs> and then he was about to kill her and then he rem- like all his memories come back of like what happened with his other fans and he's right. like i'm not gonna let you die i'm not gonna I'm do it here not... because of you oh my it god it was just like the most like wild situation to watch unfold and then to find out that you know he uh jinta didn't pull the trigger either way was like what i view this as is like okay it's been going the same way for 85 years, and now Nuno wants to really spice things up. Really, and get, the old razzle-dazzle, yeah. Get some more, like... Or maybe she's just trying to prove something to Oculus. Like, you can't... Not Oculus. I think it Wait, was Oculus. It, Oculus, yeah. yeah. You can't judge people like we're judging people. Yeah. But then but, the question is, where did she get her emotions from? I don't think she ever had any. I think she's had, a, like I said, a wild hair up her ass one day and just felt like this... She's been doing it so long, she's like, something's up. Like right, but if you don't have any emotions, where do you get the the wherewithal to think of that? Maybe it wasn't that she was doing it because she felt strongly this way. It may have been more of an experiment all on its own, and she was willing to accept the outcome of whatever it was. Maybe she was just trying to test the system Maybe. with Deckham. Basically, if he came to the conclusion like, "Yeah, we don't need emotions. It's, I, I'm doing my job fine. Makes sense." She's like, "Okay, the system's been tested." We have a arbiter, a dummy with human emotion capacities, and it came to the conclusion that no, we don't need it. You dummy. You dummy. Dummy. And, <laughs> and but then he but the thing is that she We are dummies. We are dummies. You don't feel shit. But we're still gonna judge you. We're still okay. gonna judge you anyway. But then he came to her eventually and was just like, I don't think the way I'm judging makes sense. Yeah. And I think that's why she allowed Chiyuki to stay to stay put. Like, okay, he has the capacity, she's gonna fill in the holes. She's going to be the one to give him that little taste of human emotion, see what's good. And that's where we got the very end thing where he broke through a shell of him, of his own self. And visually, you saw that he lost like the crossed eyes and he just like started to weep. Yeah. And he's like, is this sorrow? And <laughs> like, is this what this is? What am I doing? Am I sad? <laughs> Why am I? Do- this is a spell on me. Um, but no, he, like that. I found that very powerful because like he that was kind of what it was always set up to be. And then, you know, him kind of giving that genuine smile at the very last scene with the next two people coming through. We didn't get to see how he judged in this post Chiyuki era, but we kind of can take the logical, you know, not even leap steps to know that it's going to be a different way. He's going to share in that pain, share in that suffering and be kind of not just give memories, but emotions and understand a little bit more deeply uh what that means for the rest of the organization with him in play that would have been an interesting season too that oculus is like oh shit he can feel things now fuck him get him out of there now and everyone's like nope he's he's 2.0 we got to keep him in he's the next version I thought of us. oculus was gonna do that because me he too finds yeah, out yeah near the end like episode 10 or something 
And then it, he seems kind of pretty pissed about it. So. He was wild. His beard, he like would like put people's heads in and then take all their memories and like, yeah. oh, you don't say Noma's pulling some shit. Yeah. Huh. So she is hiding something so from she's me. hiding some serious shit. That's why she I, won't don't play you? billiards with me anymore. He played, him playing billiards with the planets was a pretty nice visual representation that we're working in the divine. But yeah, never really, really cool. explain. Never really explain. Imagine if he shot Earth corner pocket and everyone on Earth's like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so there there was two more concepts i wanted to bring up that i feel like are extremely relevant to current time Mm -hmm. they there was multiple mentions of people are dying too fast now like they're dying extra fast and then there was a scenario where yusuke killed himself over something like pretty dumb Mm -hmm. and i think this is like they did that suicide very well where they showed like it was so momentary, his, like, basically pure apathy. He literally was just and he, bottomed out, yeah. And he had not taken into account all the people that care about him so much. He actively, or I would even say passively, pushed them away. Just, it wasn't even active. He's just like, okay, I'm going to my room. Fine. Right. He but, like, truly, she was yeah. super loved him. Yeah. His mom was abusive, stuff like that. So there's, like, obviously reasons why he's stuck in his shell. But then he continue to turn away from somebody who did actually want to have a relationship with them and i i don't know i think that's a situation where you know if anyone is is feeling similar feelings in their life and they watch this like understanding that you know there's people that do care about you i think could potentially be helpful um for them but i i don't know i think in the the question of like oh people are dying too fast now it's got to be related to like suicide and stuff like that, right? And so, because uh-huh. I don't think that was a common thing back in the day. I don't think people are like actively looking to kill themselves, right? Um, and so it's very interesting that they bring that up as like a a really like central portion of episode four or something like that. And I think it comes down to a lot of the lives that were taken by their own hands. If you notice, was closely tied to sense of purpose. You know, of course. Like, like, yeah. So, like, Chinooki being someone who took her own life once she busted her knee from her whole life was ice skating, and Yusuke basically his whole life was pure apathy. When you bottom out and that purpose is gone, you know, when you say back in the day, you really your purpose was more and more as you go back in history was surviving, right. like survival, provide all that stuff. But when all the surviving and providing is kind of done for you. And your sense of purpose is a more uh, lack of a necessity and more of a self-driven thing. When that's gone, that show the show is really kind of putting forward that purpose is not only found of the self and with effort, but the dangers of what could happen if that purpose is lost, and the importance of understanding that you know purposes can be rechanged and and remolded because these people didn't even give it a chance right I, yeah. I think it's you know it's very um time time important i think for people to start realizing that if you don't have a purpose in your life right now it's okay yeah you have it doesn't happen immediately purpose isn't given to us like it used to be where okay I'm a human. I have to protect my tribe, right? Or protect my village, yada yada. Or your family are blacksmiths. Build, yeah. We have to build our, you know, kingdom, right? Like You're... it's not, it's not, uh, not, it's not as simple and transparent as it used to be, right? And I think that really has been messing with a lot of people's psyches these days. And yeah, given just the way, and like even you know, not to get political or anything, but like the current situations that we're all seeing out play out in 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 the world stage i think a lot of that has to do with a lack of direction a lack of purpose and and i think it's important to not just think okay well we're gonna burn it all down till and that's my new purpose like right there's other things that you can do in this life and like i think some stories of like people that have failed horrifically and then pulled themselves out of the the gutter or like say people who went to jail for say something pretty bad yeah. But then came back and did a lot of good. And it, I mean it is kind of like the exact counterpoint to this show where where like no matter what good stuff you did, all the bad stuff is judging you. 
but you can come back from it in a lot of these situations. And I think you see that in Yusuke the most. Yes. He realizes yeah. that he fucked up big time and he just like balls there. And I was like, dude, my man, I am so sorry. I know. And that's the thing, right? Is I guess before I rate the show, I, I to that point, take the void as a blessing. If you find yourself in a void of purpose, that means you are ready to accept something new. People oftentimes in that void will turn to tribalism. They'll turn to any purpose they can latch onto to find their tribe. But take if you're feeling out there that you, you know, given not just now, but in your life at all, like if you're feeling any kind of purpose, purposelessness, then use that void as a blessing. You're kind of a vessel ready to take on something and whatever, you know, whatever positive kind of outlet, hobby, passion you kind of see sparking run with it you are you are ready to accept a purpose and might as well go grab it so that's that's the way i see it is that the void can be scary but it can also be very very much a blessing because you're fresh you're ready to do something new start a podcast whatever yeah dudes dudes and dudettes (laughs) so how you rate the show what's what's your what's your uh I think it's a solid 88, and the only reason is... Damn it! I was I had 88 in my brain. I didn't want to agree super hard with you, but it's an 88. And, right, and the only reason is like you just don't get... I didn't get fully fulfilled in some of the situations where like it would have been nice to have that, you know, the conversation between Chiyuki and Dechim throughout each one, yeah. where they're like, this is why you fucked up. Uh, what's your face? Yeah. Dechim. And uh, I think that would have been a lot of a lot more impactful to the audience personally but yeah. but i mean like it's hard to to rate these things right because the shows where like they do a great job and they do a, do what they set out to do and then it's like okay why didn't you rate that in 99 and saint and uh bob man right now are pissed that i rated the first <laughs> half of sarah sort of online the high 90s and the second half is 60 but they keep saying i did the whole first season as a 99 which isn't absolutely, true absolutely not yeah i guess 88 is exactly spot on i mean visually it's madhouse so it's absolute high fidelity it has this show that'll make you think and if you are someone who enjoys big questions and you know answers left up to your own devices uh, but presented in a very compelling way. This is your show. Very short. Snap it out in an afternoon. Just oh, such a great look at humanity. It is. And it's not something, again, if you're new to anime and you're really just trying to get your toes wet, definitely put it in a list. Unless I said you kind of like those big concepts, then this might be one you can watch earlier in your anime career than I would recommend. But I do believe... Like I said, this is considered a classic in more deep anime spaces. So there is a certain threshold of fan that I think after you got enough under your belt, this is going to be appreciated all the more. But if you if you like so a counterpoint to that, yeah, if you watch Death Note, you kind of got the whole like judgment for judgment. The themes are there. Theme. Yeah. Yeah. And then you could probably watch Death Parade and have those as like two, um, I guess directly diametrically opposed yeah. versions so of saying, judgment you're saying death note is required reading for the new anime fan that's like of if, course yeah so like in any case of course it is but i mean if you're gonna if you're like hearing this you're like this show sounds rad as hell um this like i said this is not one to turn your brain off to this is one you want to have complete complete I urge on you to. <laughs> i urge you to wrinkle those brains and really get deep yeah. cerebral please um but yeah. So there's, um, I know we're like close to the end or, you know, about to end, but I just wanted to bring something up. Um, so there was this thing on Reddit, I guess, that was getting a lot of play recently. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, you died, you're in a train station, there's three trains. One goes to the void, one goes to the traditional heaven, and one goes to reincarnation. What's the best choice? Huh. And I think most people picked the abyss, which is absolutely unbelievable to me. That people would rather absolute nothingness to, I don't know, either reincarnation or or like traditional heaven is unbelievable to me. Huh. And it scared me that so many people in the world believe that that's the correct answer. When even this show is very clearly saying the abyss is bad. Yes, the abyss is pretty shite and you don't want to go there. Yeah, so I, don't <laughs> know, I just brought that up. That's an interesting um, take. Because I, you know, recently heard about it. I would just take the train to Tokyo. 
That'd be nice. <laughs> Should I just go to Tokyo? Just to try to Tokyo. Mm. But thank you for joining us on a very kind of a cerebral journey into this show. The show deserves no less conversation than that. Um, but uh, and Death Billiards is good as well as like the OVA that started it. Yeah, in 2013 that came out. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get a little more extra Death Parade action, go check out Death Billiards. But if you want to check us us out with your eyes and your ears, hello, I'm actually doing the video this week. No. Yes, no. I know. I know. I just looked I've, to make sure it was recording. It would have been hilarious. It is. It is. I've been incapacitated for a couple of weeks. And I do have a backlog of stuff I'll probably get done, but I want to get this one out on time with the episodes so I have a nice schedule going forward. Um, but if you like just the audio content, you can find us anywhere you get your podcast fix from Spotify, Apple, and everything in between. Um, leave a five star and a written review on Apple so we show up on people's recommended so they get all the anime goodness. Um, like comment subscribe yeah. on youtube yeah give us the give us the likes give us the subscribe so we can uh do more vids and vidcasts and random stuff that we would like to do um what else we got instagram podcast, memes and memes and news sometimes giveaways and we'll be maybe posting there i don't know we've milked the internet drive anime memes last year no nah, we got prior. tons we left. got ten, we do have a nice uh, we do have a pretty beefy reservoir now so it's just probably start it's just like so much to co- to continue doing every day. Yeah. In addition to like just the random stuff you have to do in your normal day's life. Yeah. No kidding. So, um, we'll work on it eventually. We will. Um, the podcast so, is what matters. The, the this right here matters. is what matters. Um, if you want to give us a little uh love on Twitter at WeBologyP, post there every so often. Um, want to go old school? Give us an email. Say hi. Tell us an anime we want to watch. We have a new format we're going to come out with this year to get through more viewer suggestions. Webologypodcast at gmail.com. Woo! If you want to give us some monetary love, only if you can, patreon.com slash webology. One dollar gets you into our Discord where you have all the fans and all of our past guests so you can talk to them about their own shows. Well, not all of our fans. Our patron fans. Well, of course. The 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 ones who have elevated above student yes. to the adjunct professors and otherwise. The lords um, and ladies of Webology podcast land. Exist the, the But yeah, if you sanctum. wanted to collab with us as another content creator, hit us up on the email and we'll yeah, talk about it. Wide net. We're casting the widest. So anyone can come on. I don't care what you do. Well, maybe not anyone. I don't care if you have a baking podcast. We'll talk about That's food fine. wars. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> but uh, let's see. $3 and up gets you syllabus sidebar, our lo-fi high vibes side content where we do some planning sometimes anime sometimes it's so not. good yeah we have Lo-fi high, high vibes, vibes uh. all the times and we uh we have a couple segments on there too so if you want to come over and uh hear us just riff about everything and anything check us out syllabus sidebar um i think i hit everything Everything. I think you did. Oh my gosh. Until I have more things to hit. I'm Ricky. <laughs> and I'm Ethan. And this has been Webology. <laughs> Deuces. Deuces. Don't send him to jail, please. I'm not. He's I know hitting well. everything. <laughs> I'm going to hit all the things and then go He's to hitting the, everything. Go to Quaid Deckham and get judged for playing, I don't know, soccer or some shit. <laughs> <laughs>